Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Houston and the Cougars with 33 wins and a number three seed are coming out of Tulsa. And they are heading to Kansas City in the Sweet 16. For the first time in 35 years, the Houston Cougars are headed to the Sweet 16. you got to go all the way back to Akeem and Five Slamma Jamma. Just amazing so we thought it'd be a good time to have back on the show voice of Cougar basketball, Jeremy Branham. And Jeremy, uh, how was that trip to Tulsa? Did you avoid the water guns there? <laughs> I did, yeah. We were still doing our postgame show, so I was able to avoid the uh, the water gun celebration. I thought that was pretty fun. But uh, yeah, the trip to Tulsa was about as good as it possibly could be. I can't uh, think of uh, any way it could have been any better. How did the Cougs fans travel? Were they loud compared to the other bases, fan bases in uh, Tulsa? They were loud for who they played. You know, I didn't, I wasn't there for all of the games. Uh, I saw second half of the Buffalo Texas Tech game, but that game was already kind of in hand uh, for Texas Tech. Uh, I saw the first half of uh, Arizona State Buffalo. So I, I wasn't there for all of the teams, but I was uh, pleased with how the, the Cougars traveled. Uh, they filled up their section. They sold out their allotment. You had a lot of fans buying them, uh, buying tickets on the secondary market. Um, you know, they were loud. They, they got noisy whenever they needed to get noisy. Um, yeah, I, I was really uh, happy to see that, uh, to see the fan base show up there in Tulsa. Well, I'm telling you, you better than anybody knows what this team looks like when they're playing their best basketball. Were they at their best, do you think, for the first two rounds of the tournament? Uh no, I don't think that they played their best basketball. I thought they were very good defensively. They might have been at their best on the defensive end, uh, but I thought they could play better offensively. I mean, they were getting good looks. They were doing what they needed to do. Uh, they got a lot of offensive rebounds, especially against Georgia State. But, you know, the shots weren't necessarily falling at a high rate that we've seen what the Cougars can be capable of. Uh, Corey Davis had that big game with, I think it was seven threes against Georgia State, but I think he took 18. You know, he, he's capable of shooting much better than that. Armani Brooks hasn't had a, a big game yet in the tournament, although he came on a little bit yesterday against Ohio State. So offensively, I think that there's still, you know, room for improvement, maybe room to get better. They weren't perfect offensively. They were good. They were good enough. Uh, but I don't think we've seen the best Houston Cougar basketball team yet. What are you seeing from Corey Davis? Has he taken his game up? another notch over these last couple of months. He, he just seems so focused right now. Yeah, I've been saying that he's playing an elite, at an elite level in March. Um, and and I, I was thinking about that a little bit more today. Like, when did we see Corey Davis really emerge as the star of this team? Because we knew he was probably going to be the best offensive player. You know, Armani Brooks and Corey were going back and forth there for a while in terms of, you know, points per game. Armani, even like I think at the midpoint of the year, had more points per game than Corey Davis did for a couple of games. But once conference play began and look, he was in the discussion for the American Conference Player of the Year, which went to Cumberland. And that wasn't a snub. Cumberland, I think, deserved the award. I think Davis deserved the award. You can't really argue either either guy. But he does seem to be locked in. Other than that uh, American Conference championship game against Cincinnati, he's just been incredibly consistent. He's been the guy that they can go to. Uh, coming into a senior season, I wanted to see what he could do off the dribble whenever other teams chased him off the three-point line. And I've been imp very impressed with how good he's been off the dribble. That teardrop has been something that he's been able to get fall a lot. And he's really good finishing at the rim. So he's locked in. He's playing at an elite level. And Coach Sampson would tell you that for teams to advance in March, they need their best players to play well. 
and he has. It's hip to love what Corey Davis is doing right now, but how is his hip doing? Uh, is his hip doing okay? Did you see any residual uh, in that first couple of rounds? No, not at all. Uh, I didn't even notice him have the hip injury uh, against Cincinnati, but I guess he fell down on it, probably felt a little sore after the game more than in the game. So I didn't see any impact of it during the Cincinnati game. And then uh, once the ball was tipped against Georgia State, I didn't see uh, any effects of that hip injury to me. He might not be 100%, but he looks like he's 100%. Galen Robinson, what a game he had. Grabbed six steals against Ohio State. Uh, Coach Sampson said he was their best player Sunday night. What did you see from him? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. I think he was their best player on Sunday night. And it, it's interesting because Galen Robinson, I heard some postgame uh, quotes that Galen had. And, you know, he says, I'm just, you know, doing this, the high basketball IQ thing. You know, I'm just doing whatever the other team gives me. If, you know, if I can see a hole and create and get to the lane, that's what I'm going to do. If they take that away, I'm going to move the ball and pass it. So, you know, his numbers were a lot better against Ohio State than they were against Georgia State. But I wouldn't say he played any better against Ohio State than he did against Georgia State. It's just that the numbers reflected it a little bit more. Uh, really, it's what Galen's been doing all year. You know, Galen is that prototypical senior floor general for Houston. And, you know, Corey Davis gets the, the notoriety, and rightfully so. He's the best player on the team. Uh, but Galen's that type of guy that you need to have a really good season. If you don't have a Galen Robinson, you don't win 33 games, even though you have a bunch of talent around him. He, he's the straw that stirs the drink. He gets it all going, whether it's on the offensive side, passing the ball, moving it around, getting shots for his teammates, or it's guarding the other team's best player. Uh, he's just he's just that special kind of senior that you want on your team. He's the kind of guy that the stats don't always show up for him, but you look at the, all the wins that he has, and that's not coincidence. There's a reason that he has all the wins that he does. Are you surprised to see the progression that Dejan Giroux has, has made over the last month or two? No, I, I'm not surprised by uh, where he's at. You know, I didn't know much about him whenever he, he arrived at U of H. Uh, I tried to learn um, as much about him as I could before actually laying eyes on him. So I would go back and watch some YouTubes on you know what he did at UMass and uh, what kind of heralded recruit he was coming out of high school from New Orleans. And you could tell that he was a special talent. I uh, just wanted to see what he looked like, you know, his speed, his size. It's always a little bit different whenever you see him live and in person. And, you know, as soon as I saw him, you could tell he was very talented. He just needed to get some minutes. He, he needed to get some run. He needed to get to play some because he set out all of last season. So, you know, he's a special player. So I'm not surprised that he's playing at a high level in March. You know, yesterday probably wasn't his, his best game, uh, but he's got a high, he's got a high level potential. He's got a very high ceiling and, you know, he creates, you know, he gives the Cougars something extra off the bench. He gives them something that they don't have linked getting to the basket, somebody that can create their own shot, somebody that can, you know, throw the lob to, to the big men for the Houston Cougars. So, that's what makes the Cougars so good. They have the depth. They have Jarreau off the bench, and you know they don't really have many, many holes. Is it fair to say Armani Brooks has been struggling the last uh, few games? Yeah, I think that's fair to say. Uh, I, I wouldn't say his whole game has been struggling because I think he's been really good on the defensive side of the ball. Like Armani's never been known to be a great defensive player, but I thought he's played very good defensively in the first two games of this tournament. He rebounded really well against Ohio State. If memory serves me, he led the Cougars in rebounding. So Armani has ways to affect the game even when his shot's not falling. Um, he didn't shoot well against Georgia State. I think he was one of five from three. He was better against Ohio State. He had a couple critical shots at critical times. You know, he didn't have the volume that Corey Davis did, but he hit some big shots. So that was very encouraging for me. 
Um, I think he struggled a little bit against Georgia State. I, I thought he played pretty well against the Buckeyes. Let's look to Friday night's game against Kentucky. And even though this is not a John Calipari team with a standout top five NBA draft pick that's leading them, they're still loaded with first and second round picks up and down the roster. Is there anything Kentucky can do that the Cougars haven't seen already from an opponent this year? You know, I haven't seen much of Kentucky uh, this season. I saw, I've seen a little bit of them. I haven't started on my prep yet. I haven't looked at them at all uh, for the prep uh, perspective. But I have seen them play sporadically throughout the season. I've watched them against LSU. I've watched them against Florida. I saw them a little bit in the SEC tournament. And, you know, they don't have uh, – you know, they're great. <laughs> they're a really good team. And I've, I've heard Calipari talking uh, a lot about how – you know, his teams get better as the season goes on. And, and any good coach, and Calipari is a good coach, any good coach has his team playing their best in March. And, you know, it's a young team, but they're they're all sophomores now. You know, he has a lot of freshmen that are in that rotation, but they've played a whole season. You know, they're, they're kind of veterans at, at this point of the year. So the Cougars will have their hands full. You know, they're a very talented team. From what I've seen, they're very long. They're very big. So you have uh, you have the Cougars who you know a scrappy bunch of guys going up against uh, a lot of players that all think that they're probably NBA players and lottery picks uh, in the NBA. So is there anything that's going on with the Cougars uh, that we haven't gotten to? Anything that you're noticing either from the team or an individual perspective? Anything that caught your eye over the last few days? No, I think you know Davis has kind of dominated the storyline for the Cougars in terms of uh, playing at a high level, playing you know being that guy that kind of steals the show in the NCAA tournament. We saw that from Rob Gray last year. Corey Davis has done that this year. He's playing elite in March. You know, Galen's the, you know, the steady point guard that just keeps, you know, going about his way and doing things the right way. You know, one thing that I, I think that has went under the radar a little bit has been the play of Fabian White. He was uh, unbelievable against Georgia State, had his first double-double of the year. And he didn't have as big a game statistically against Ohio State last night. But I thought he played just as well. You know, he's playing as hard as I've seen him play, um, and that's encouraging. You know, Fabian had that foot injury at the beginning of the season, which slowed him down a little bit this year. He hasn't scored as much, I think, as some people thought he would. And to me, that's kind of by design because you have Corey, who's such a good scorer, Armani, who's such a good shooter. And when the Cougars go to the paint, they go to Brady, and Brady has shown that he can score. Uh, but Fabian White has really played well the first two games. And he could be an X-factor against Kentucky because they have so much length that you want Fabian White to kind of counter that. And if he played the way he did in the first weekend, uh, in the second weekend of the tournament, that'll go a long way for Houston. Do we know about any pep rallies for the Cougars this week or farewell send-offs yet? I know we're talking Monday afternoon. Is, is any of that scheduled? Or can, do you know when people can come out there and, and maybe give the Cougars a salute before they head to Kansas City? I don't know anything uh, officially, but I don't think anybody would stop you if you show up on Cullen. <laughs> um, I know that they announce, uh, they tell the media when they're leaving. Uh, they, I know that whenever whenever we left on Wednesday for Tulsa, you know they had a they had the the media scrum there for Kelvin right before uh, the team departed. They had a bunch of cameras out there as well, you know, filming the uh, the people or the Cougars depart. So. I don't know if there. I haven't heard if there's any talks of the pep rally or anything like that. But uh, yeah, I mean, you want to you want to show up on Cullen? That uh, I'm sure the Cougars would appreciate that. <laughs> Strange story today. Uh, the Cougars. It looks like they're going to be seeing a lot more of Georgia State coach Ron Hunter. He's taken the Tulane job. It's very interesting, Jeremy, because he said he wanted to stay at Georgia State for life, but their AD wouldn't extend his contract. So the Cougars 
are going to be seeing him for now until well into the future, it looks like. Yeah, I think that that was probably a situation where he was interviewing around looking for for a raise and he probably got the offer from Tulane, went back to his AD and said, hey, look, this is what's on the table. And probably that that price tag was a little bit out of the range that Georgia State could offer. Look, I think Ron Hunter's a good coach. I know that he made the grandpa comments and I know that that kind of got you know, bounced around in the media circles. And, you know, I don't think that the Cougars appreciated that very much. They looked at that as a slap on the face. They probably were also looking for something to get them going. Uh, but I think Ron Hunter's a good coach. He did a good job at Georgia State. They've won a lot of Sunbelt championships in his time there. Uh, the Greenway job is difficult. Look, you had Dunleavy, who was an NBA head coach and had good success in the NBA he went there and he didn't have that success. Hunter's more of a college coach. I think he does a good job. Uh, it's a tough place to win. I'm curious to see how Ron Hunter does there. I hope he does well. I root for everybody in the conference when they're not playing the Cougars. I root for them to do well out of conference. So, you know, I hope he turns that around a little bit and gets Tulane playing better, especially out of conference. It's interesting because he, he wrote that last year he approached the athletic director. He said, yeah, I want to be here for life. Can you give me an extension? And he wasn't interested in doing that. And and I think he just looked at that as a slap in the face. You know, he, he insisted, uh, which I don't know if you got to insist that as you're walking out the door. He insisted, hey, I, I, I approached them. I wanted to stay there. Uh, you know, I, I guess he had put down some roots there at the time he was there. So it, it, it's interesting. And yeah, I, I'm definitely want to see what he can do at Tulane. I, I don't know what happened with Dunleavy, but it just nothing ever worked out with with what was going on with him and you know we've got the two lane connection we here in Houston uh, Jeremy you know like Laney's uh, Laney Fritz over at KPRC her dad's uh, the football coach so we kind of can get a little bit of an insight over there occasionally from Laney about what's going on yeah yeah Laney Laney dad Laney's dad Willie Fritz he actually introduced himself to Elvin Hayes and I before the the game this year at Tulane uh, just to, to say hello, knowing that we knew Laney. So, and then, of course, the Cougars have some New Orleans connections as well with Hollis Price, Qantas White, who are on the staff. And, of course, the players and Dejan Giroux and Bryce Gresham, they have that Crescent City connection and had that good chemistry on those lobs and alley-oops. Uh, you know, I don't think it was anything behind the scenes with Dunleavy. I think he was, I think he was a little bit unlucky. Uh, I think that the job was tougher than he thought it was going to be. You know, he's got some pretty interesting freshmen there that, that I was curious to see if he stayed, how they would develop and how they would they would be. I thought Dunleavy did a good job with what he had. I know that's kind of hard to hear and kind of sounds silly whenever they went winless through conference play. But they were in games that they probably shouldn't have been with the talent that they did have. And they also lost their point guard. I mean, they lost a veteran point guard before the year with an injury. They didn't have a solid backup because, you know, they weren't far along in their rebuild. And when you lose your, your point guard on a college basketball team that is your best player, that makes it very tough. So uh, I thought Dunleavy was really unlucky, and I think that uh, he probably didn't realize how difficult it is to win at Tulane. I don't know if you got a chance to see it, but that UCF-Duke game, the game of the weekend, I, I think it really says something about U of H, too, that UCF was able to give Duke that kind of game. And, you know, it, it just – it was fun to watch with Zion and Taco going at each other. I mean, that, that had all you wanted. And it's just like the, the, they're the two biggest freaks in the tournament, you know, as far as athletically or height or whatever you want to call it. But that, that was a fun game to watch. And, I, I, yeah, I think it, it could say something about the Cougars that, that uh, UCF showed up that big. Yeah, I did. Uh, I was able to watch the first half before I left the hotel yesterday. And then once I got to the arena, 
I, I got all set up and rushed to the media room and watched the uh, the last about three and a half, four minutes uh, of that UCF Duke game. And it was, it was funny. You had pretty much every media member that was supposed to be covering the second half of the Texas Tech Buffalo game. They'd all kind of given up on that game and they were underneath the, uh, the stands in the little dark corner that they called the media room. And uh, everybody was gathered around watching the, the last few minutes of that game. I, I thought that UCF was a little bit unlucky in, in the last couple of minutes of that game. There was a couple of calls that if, you know, 50-50 calls, they get one of them, maybe they win. They were obviously very unlucky on that roll twice on that, that final tip from Aubrey Dawkins. I think it was – I would have loved for UCF to win. I was rooting hard for UCF to win because it would have been the story of the tournament through the first weekend. Uh, but it was a good showing for the conference. Uh, you know, it, it kind of I think people are starting to realize that American conference basketball is pretty good. and It's on the way up because you have Memphis who's recruiting really well. I think Dan Hurley's going to get UConn back to where it used to be. Uh, Greg Marshall does a, such a good job at Wichita State. So, I mean, this year it was a, a year that the American had four tournament teams in the NCAA. And then they have other teams on the outskirts like Memphis, like UConn, like Wichita State which you think will be contending to be a you know NCAA tournament team as soon as next season. So uh, this league is very good in hoops, and I think UCF kind of uh, opened some people's eyes that are that weren't already open at, at just how good the American Conference is. And then with the Cougars getting to the Sweet 16, I think that helped as well. Remind people how they can listen to the game on Friday if they want to hear your voice uh, calling the, the, the Cougars and, of course, the legend, Elvin Hayes. Yeah, Elvin Hayes and I, um, the only only way you can listen to, the NCAA cracks down on us a little bit in, in March during the tournament. We're not allowed to do our um, our stream on the TuneIn radio app, so you would have to listen the old school way on uh, 950 AM, 950 KPRC. Uh, it's, uh, it's an 859 tip, hopefully, fingers crossed, if that, uh, that first game ends on time. But we'll have the pregame, no matter what, pregame starts at uh, 845. Well, thanks for taking the time on a busy week for you. I'm sure you're probably like running to get some laundry done right now before you got to jump on the plane in a couple of days, right? It's funny that you say that because I have a load in the dryer and a load in the washer right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy Brand of Houston Cougars Voice. Oh, it's fun to be a Cougar right now. You know, I'm having a time of my life. I really am. I am I'm trying to really enjoy the moment. Look, it's not about me. Uh, I, I love telling the story. It's all about the basketball program. It's about the players. I like being the guy behind the scenes. I like to be the narrator of their story. Uh, but whenever I do allow uh, a little bit of time to, to think about it, I, I am incredibly fortunate to, to be a small part of this ride. You know, it's a thrill for me. I grew up you know, loving March Madness. It was always one of my favorite sporting events. So uh, being in the heart of it and the small role that I play, it's, uh, it's a blessing, to be honest. Looking forward to this weekend, Jeremy. Thanks again for doing this. Anytime, Robert. Thanks for having me on. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Don't forget to follow Houston Sports Talk on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, the Google Podcast app, or the Stitcher app. You can support us by giving us a five-star review on iTunes or by telling your friends about us. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey there, I'm Max Friedman. And I'm Eli Blackwood. We're hosts of Tackling the Texans, brought to you by the Pulse Podcast Network. If you love the Houston Sports Talk podcast, then you should go ahead and listen to our weekly podcast where we talk about everything exciting around the NFL and what it means for Houston. We keep you updated on all things Texans with interesting debates and hot takes. 
making sure to bring on NFL experts from around the industry to keep you connected. Subscribe to Tackling the Texans on Apple Podcasts or give us a listen on any available platforms.